Section 46 of Stories of the Scottish Border by Mr. and Mrs. William Platt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 43 Christie's Will. The resourceful Archie, whose tale we have just told, was not the only one of the reckless Armstrongs to keep up the old freebooting habits in the reign of Charles I. There lived at Gilnocky Tower, the old residence of the famous Johnny Armstrong, in the parish of Canobby, a notorious Willie Armstrong, known as Christie's Will. Like Archie, he more than once owed his life to his ready wit. He was shut up in Jedburgh Jail when the Earl of Traquair, Lord High Treasurer, paid the prison an official visit. When he asked Will the cause of his being there, the freebooter answered, For stealing two halters, my lord. Traquair was surprised, but Will afterwards owned that there was a fine colt at the end of each halter. Traquair was amused and pleased by the boldness of the man and had him set free. Some little time afterwards, Traquair was involved in a lawsuit which was set down to be decided by Lord Dury, who seems to have let it be known beforehand what his opinion was upon the case. Nothing would save Traquair's interests, except that Dury must be got out of the way before the case began. But how was it to be done? Christie's will was appealed to, and merely said, Leave it to me. It was the judge's habit to take horseback exercise on the sands of Leith without any attendant. One morning, whilst so riding, a well-dressed and gentlemanly stranger on a good horse happened to overtake him. A courteous greeting led to a friendly conversation, in which the stranger proved himself so affable and entertaining that the judge rode on by his side without suspicion. Suddenly, when they had come to a lonely spot, Lord Dury found himself seized by this muscular gentleman smothered up in a big cloak, whisked off his horse and on to the strangers, who galloped off mischief knows where. It was Christie's will, carrying out his promise. The judge's horse galloped home riderless. Search was made, but the judge could not be found. It could only be supposed that he had been thrown off into the sea. His successor was appointed, and Lord Traquair's case was heard and won. Lord Dury had languished for several months in a dreary underground vault. I wonder if he thought of the many poor wretches he had sentenced to a similar fate. Suddenly, at midnight, he was roughly awakened, muffled up as before, and carried away again by his captor on horseback. Next morning, by the light of the newly risen sun, he found himself on the very spot by the sands of Leith from which he had been kidnapped. We will hope that everyone, including his successor, was glad when he thus came to life again. When the Civil War began, the Earl of Traquair was faithful to King Charles I. Having some papers of importance that he wished to have given into the King's own hands, he entrusted these to the bold freebooter. Christie's will did his errand, and received an equally important answer. But spies at court had given Cromwell word of the matter, and the command was sent up to Carlisle that Will Armstrong must be intercepted there. Not knowing his danger, Will halted in the town to refresh his horse, then pushed forward to the bridge which crossed the Eden on the northern boundary of the city. Cromwell's soldiers were waiting for him. 
The bridge was high and narrow. The broad Eden waters were swirling in high flood. Christie's will, without one second's hesitation, spurred his horse over the parapet. He sank, he came up, he sank, he came up, he sank, he came up, this time at the very bank. He cut his heavy, dripping cloak from his shoulders. Relieved of the weight, his horse struggled to the land. Away went Will, away went the troopers after him. It was a hard race to the river Esk, and this also Will had to swim. But now he was in Scotland, and his friends were at hand. Gaily Will turned to his pursuers, who dared not cross the water. "'Good friends!' cried he. "'Come over and drink with me.' But they showed him their backs and their horses' tails, and he saw no more of them. Such were the exploits of Christie's Will. He was the last of the freebooters, but he certainly knew how to live up to their boldest traditions. End of section 46